Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show tonight's show is brought to you by tada magazine the magazine by and for gay magicians hey car fans welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive happy hour i am brett hatfield here with our engineer and ever thinning co-host mr mark groves Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> and mr Corey pratt of craving cars on youtube hey it's we me. are coming to you from driven radio studios in beautiful overland park kansas and despite all the rain and everything god everything's so green it's very green it's very everything's nice. very very green blooming and uh all of the fat little squirrels have been feeding out of the pan in the backyard today and mama squirrel keeps showing up and you can tell her because she's fatter than everybody else oh dang She's a she's a porky little uh, rodent. Mm, yum. You can find us on Bake Squirrel Heads. <laughs> you damn right. You love them. Crunchy. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. I haven't posted anything on Instagram forever. And listen <laughs> everywhere find pos- podcasts or her. Freaking motivated I today. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it in gear. Uh, <laughs> Instagrams. <laughs> hey, look at the pretty pictures. If you like what you're hearing, you can leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends. If there's something you would like to hear more of or if you have an interesting story, tell us. Send your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com. Gemmelmans. Yep. What have you done with your cars and motorcycles and toys and airplanes and deep sea diving bells this week? Um, I went to go meet up with uh, Vincent La Violetta from Shelby of America, the VP oh, of Shelby. Oh, wow. Okay, because they were doing a, a, an extra promotion of their uh, their Snake Charmer, cool eight hundred twenty five horsepower super, the, the one that's uh, based off of the Thunderbirds. You know, like last year they did one based off of the Blue Angels. This year they built one. Okay. For charity for that. And you can go win it. So this buy is tickets. this is a Mustang base, but something they yeah. built into. Yeah, it's their it's one of their Shelby Super Snakes. Okay. Um but does like it come with the puppets? Custom stuff. But no, it comes the with Thunderbirds. It it comes with a golf cart. A matching go. golf cart. And a dash black. Hot damn, I'm it in. It does have a dash plaque. I know. But, but to, to be honest, I mean that that was good and fun. That was just like a you know, for like Sweet. a couple hours you That's pretty cool, dude. for the dash But plaque. Sunday I took the van down to Springfield. Unfortunately it was a close place we can go at the time. But we're getting some things installed. And drove it around we're getting, the ready, we're getting ready to do a big trip here in a couple weeks. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, can you reveal where the big trip will be? Out west. Okay, well, that uh, that sure nice. goes it down yeah. since we're yeah. smack in the middle of the country. Yeah, yeah, that that puts it down to not east. Yeah, but like Arizona, you're going to go see the crater or anything? Anything cool? Actually, Arizona is one of the states we'll be in. Oh, dude! Wow, so, very cool. So I'm jelly. Be, be multiple states, but yeah, we're Way getting jelly. some. We're getting some bumpers installed, uh, front and rear aluminum bumpers with lights, extra lights put in them, uh, winch, um, and a skid plate, a couple of little things like that. Jesus, yeah. Wow, you're, uh, man. you're going back country. We're, we're ready, yeah. Because I'm gonna catch me some aliens. For about, you got a real pretty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so for about 
five days of the what nine days will be gone. Um, probably banjo. won't really see paved no? roads. Yeah, you got a real. Oh pretty my mouse god, car, that man. is fantastic! Yeah, I, I, I am seriously. I, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so that's exciting. That will be something I'll bring up and talk a little bit more about. And there'll be some videos, uh, many of uh, from the uh, from that event uh-huh. that comes and happens. And uh-huh. blah, blah, nice. blah 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 blah. Back of the van. And actually, on Craving Cars right now, you can see what that Shelby looks like because there's a video <laughs> an, an interview Ford. I did with Vincent um, during the World of Wheels. Nice. So yeah, very cool. You were going to take your motorcycle in. I did, and uh, okay. So the first discovery was, you know what, you know when I said, well, it's weird because the back uh, spark plugs were were kind of black, but the front mm-hmm. ones were nice and clean. It's because the front freaking piston wasn't firing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I was getting all those backfires. Oh, Remember when I was talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, it runs nice, but it backfires a lot. Was it yeah, not that's a great question. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll do respect to my buddies down at the other place. I, I won't be getting anything ever fixed down there. Again. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they're taking it apart up in uh, Liberty. And uh, Liberty, Liberty. They uh, um, they also found some damaged stuff to uh, the the rubber hoses and stuff that were around the carburetor, which didn't surprise me because it was a, uh, <laughs> let's say the delivery of that carburetor off of that was rather forced and there was an episiotomy or two that went on. So, um, Just remember, so, an, episi- an episiotomy takes longer than you think. So they're, uh, they ordered some <laughs> new parts for that, but uh, at least it's slowly coming together. In the meantime, I'll uh, uh, after the shows, uh, I'm going to hit you up and let you look at a thing that I really want to. <laughs> it's 1600 oh, cc's and it's converted to a bobber and i oh. i, I, I kind of got a, a you, jolly green giant you for really it, don't so. need it which is exactly why oh, you should have hell it. yeah and it's in my price range oh so. god love you oh, so, anyway, how about you oh, all righty uh i have a solid offer on vlad i just have to get the guy to leave me a deposit before he comes to collect the car I've uh, been getting the gto the 99 navigator the 97 buick lesabre and both Harley's ready to sell. Oh, oh dear. Brett's car lot. Come on down. Stacking them deep and selling them cheap. Welcome to Ish. Uncle BT's. We'll be <laughs> sure to give you a fine deal. <laughs> and does your wife doesn't want to buy it? Well, we'll take her out and dig her over the price. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually wow. a line from a place I worked at. Wow. There was a guy that's, that... That's, oh like going to, that's like going to Pinkley Ford to buy your Pinkley Taurus. <laughs> they did that to this fellow that had come in, and he was like, yeah, I took him out and said, you know, you're your wife, the ones having the problem, wants to argue about the price. We'll we'll take her in back and dick her about it. And then they threw his keys up on the roof. No lie. Sounds that like was, you've watched used cars too many times. Back in the day, baby. Just get the heaven car. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're selling everything that isn't nailed down around here. <laughs> nice. With the idea of getting down to four cars from eight. Yeah, and yeah, also, also being able to find a, a garage, a, a lift for the garage that I could stuff both Corvettes in there, and all of my car. I wouldn't have to go to the warehouse for anything. Everything would be home. Now, are you trying to sell the Mercedes too? Uh, not my problem. Oh, not that's your daddy? My problem. That's dad's car again uh-huh. now? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, especially when I can't find the parts for it. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. Love you, mean it, Pops. Yeah, don't be telling jokes when Mark's got a mouthful of coffee. Yeah, let's not do that. Just about, just about uh, spray-painted the studio here. 
So that's all I've been doing. Uh, folks, if you want to buy my toys, or if you, <laughs> you're interested in owning... Hit them up at Brett at DrivenRadioShow.com. Yeah, if, if you'd <laughs> like... be a good time to figure out If you'd out like Instagram. to make my crap your crap, send me a line at <laughs> Brett at DrivenRadioShow.com. In the news, it's been a bad week for Fords. Oh, my good Lord. I even cut out a couple of bad week for Ford stories. Oh, dear. Uh, a Ford GT Heritage Edition. One of the 2006 Heritage yeah. Edition that's yeah. worth a fortune. Yeah. Uh, the owner turned his car into automotive origami. <gasps> the owner oh of Oh, my the, God. I saw that picture. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, no, okay, yeah. not good. Yeah. The owner of the famous racing Bronco Big Ole. Yep. He may yeah. need to change his shorts. <laughs> and uh, some new Bronco owners are really, really disappointed about their engines. Oh. Our special guests this week are Matt Croker and Wyatt Maselli, or Michelli. I'm sure he'll correct me when we have him on. They are both of the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program and organizers of the McPherson College Cars Show, the College Auto, Re- Auto Restoration Students Show, going on this weekend, my favorite weekend all year long, because we go down, we hang out. It's a show that has is you would never believe is being held in McPherson. And then we go to Luke's house. Luke Channel, friend of the show, puts on that huge after-show barbecue. We go down there. Everybody eats and drinks, and it's a gathering of car weenies like you cannot imagine. Uh, Wyatt and Matt will be here in segment two to tell us all about that. Got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's, do it. let's get to it. Well, from the deep pockets of Brett Hatfield, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, Road and Track, uh, Florida... They saw me coming, baby. Uh, a Florida Ford GT owner crashes because he's unfamiliar with... A manual transmission. You know, I did not click on the st- uh, clickbait story that came across my feed. Yeah. Because uh, this was what yesterday, day before. Yeah. Because I just couldn't believe it. Well, I'm like, that's got to be BS, and they're going to yep. start loading my computer. And, and, and before we get too far, this is not a millennial. This is not Gen Z. Oh, this no. is somebody God. who's old enough to know how to drive yeah, a stinking yeah, we're, manual we're transmission. That one. Yeah. So hit this up. So a Ford GT owner. Sorry, in, I didn't mean uh, to jump the shark no, on you. You're right. In uh, Boca Raton, Florida, crashes uh, his recently purchased, mind you, he hadn't had it very long, his supercar into a, fri- uh, into a tree Friday evening because he was unfamiliar <laughs> with how to drive a stick, so the Jesus. police says. So this is what he told the police, right? I think I might be able to drive a stick with one foot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's unfamiliar actually, how to drive a gin and I've tonic. I've actually done it with a foot and one arm, actually. So <laughs> there you go. So the driver, here you go, Mark, uh, 50 years old. Harvey Treebanger, Oh, my God, say? I'm older than he is, and I could drive a stick. Robert, yeah, Robert J. Uh, Garini. Sorry, Bobby, don't mean to. He told the cops he lost control after downshifting while leaving his housing development around 6 p.m. <laughs> the police report says this led to a head-on collision with a palm tree. Jumped right in front of him. Oh, yeah. When you're punching it out of third, you, you accidentally drop shift into second instead I've, of fourth. I've played Mario Brothers. Those palm trees move around on you. <laughs> <laughs> but you should have seen the coins that burst out. I it was know, amazing. Right? So Are you sure it didn't have something it. to do with mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> so he bought this car at Barrett Jackson in Palm Beach. Oh my God! In April for seven. I'm sorry. Um, early 700. April. Seven hundred and four thousand dollars. Oh four. Now I think aren't, um, aren't these heritage? These are basically going for the most money. These heritage yeah, for yeah, this for this year. And in there's GT. just a handful of them. Yeah. Oh my God. But. 
uh, you know, not to be too revealing, fellas, we live in the Midwest. Real estate's cheap. Uh-huh. If yeah. you combine the price of the value of all three of our houses, well, sorry, Corey, you sold your slasher. Well, slasher. if you would have added the one I sold, yeah. But how about our, ba- our how house about, is in his van? Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. My house, your house, his new van. It still doesn't come up to seven hundred four grand. Jesus. And the van costs more than the house. Uh, well, you got a you got a really nice van. <laughs> so. Uh, Though the police report says uh, Garini told officers the crash was caused by inexperience with a manual transmission, yeah, the Ford GT Heritage Edition owner claims old tires, muddy pavement, and a fresh detailing were all factors causing the 550-horsepower supercar to swing out. He's going to claim arm, hit a armor tree. mall on his pedals, so the, I bet. Yeah, the driver said the Steam crash occurred. Stupid spilled in his lap. As he shifted... Up to big second mark. gear yeah, from first, not while downshifting, says the official. Yeah, as the official report says, um, he says he, he didn't want people to think to, he was racing at ninety miles per hour. He was only going thirty-five. He's he says. trying to oh talk his God. way out of looking like an idiot, yeah. and he's not doing a very good job. No, no, no. He's probably never driven a car with this much power. I bet. Um, <laughs> photos from the crash site shows that the damage is limited to the uh, front third. No, front. Let me rephrase that. Front third. Of the car, not like the front bumper, oh, the no. third of the car. Oh, well, no, he ate that tree. Well, if you chop it into sections, there's the front part from the doors forward and then the doors in the passenger cockpit, yeah. and then the rear section with the engine and the rear wheels. Right. So, you know, one-third of it. What's one-third of 704? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it did hit hard enough to, uh, to trigger multiple airbags, disable the vehicle, and cause the GT to slide far enough from hitting the tree that it blocked a nearby sidewalk. Yeah, but here, here's but, the part I love about this. Cops the, said that the car wasn't registered. Nope, nope registered, not, or insured. Wasn't what? insured. It wasn't nope. insured? Nope. Wasn't Supposedly. insured. The owner claimed that he's, it's covered under an umbrella policy. Right. I bet your insurance mm-hmm. company wants to kick you right in the ding-ding. And cancel every <laughs> bit that you have right now. Yeah, yeah. Furthermore, they cited this jack leg for... Driving on a suspended license. Oh, my God. Uh, He's doomed. Which he says uh, was an unrelated Department of Motor Vehicles clerical error, meaning you're a dumbass again. I was going 35, and I crashed. I jumped a bridge. I have no sympathy for this guy. I feel sorry for the car. (laughs) Have you guys guys ever been in a... a Car wreck yourself, like yes. whether it was your fault yeah. or something. Yes. Else? Yeah. What speeds? Absolutely. What speeds were you going? I was when you seventy-two, were... and I, uh, while well, I was skidding, quite honestly, it was in my. I radically redesigned the front engineering of a Nissan pickup that I had. Okay. Oh, and but... This was down in Dallas. Okay. How about you, Brent? Uh, which one? Oh, <laughs> uh, and scene. What, what are just some speeds? What are what's the uh, lowest speed you were at when you were? None of the speeds was I going north of thirty-five miles an hour. Uh, I pulled when I was 16 and I'd been driving for two weeks. I pulled in front of another car. I failed to yield and he smashed the hell out of my passenger side door. Wow. Um, And I had another one where I damn near rolled a Suburban. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's the crash sounded because people came out of their houses. It was in a neighborhood. Guy said the crash sounded like a train derailing. But have you seen a wreck at around 35 miles an hour? Yeah. Did it look anything like the damage that we saw on this 4G? <laughs> I, I don't want to argue the crash reli- the crash ability of a 4GT. They're probably pretty fragile, but I've never seen one that looked like that. From Road and Track, the people I pay for news. <laughs> oh, boy. 
$1.87 million big Ole Bronco rolls and keeps on chugging because it's a tough some bitch. When you have a vintage racing car capable enough of taking on modern off-road r- events, you take it to modern off-road events. Well, yeah. yeah and else? when your vintage racing car, when you take your vintage racing car to modern off-road events, sometimes you flip that SOB over. Crunch. Oops. Big Ole, which I have seen in person twice. I've had that thing drive really? past auctions I was covering. Nice. Which was... Uh, was it the one that they sold it? Uh, yeah. Cool. No, 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 no. Afterward. Oh, but okay. Big Ole, uh, this thing sold last summer at Meekum Indy for $1.87 million. It's a per- the purpose-built Bronco racer Parnelli Jones and Bill Strope built in the early 70s. And the current owner was running it in the Nora Mexican 1000 last weekend. And there's a clip online now that shows the Bronco spinning out of control mid-corner, sliding off the side of the road, and coming to rest on the massive wing on the roof. (laughs) Upside, freaking down, Jack. Flipped over on the roof. On there. He uh, must have been doing 35 out of his driveway. I bet he was not even going that fast. <laughs> and I bet it wasn't insured. I bet it wasn't yeah. registered. I bet that guy was on a suspended license. I was downshifting. Can you believe how dumb that guy was? Uh, photos posted after the rollover show surprisingly little cosmetic damage, even really? after the car was flipped back over. It apparently continued nice. on after the rollover, which means Big Ole should still be on pace to finish the rally as scheduled. Nice. Cool. While it's always upsetting to see a culturally significant car crashed historic racers are crashed and repaired surprisingly often this is one of the most important desert racers ever and after years in parnelli jones personal collections it's good to see that big Ole is back <laughs> racing even occasionally yeah. on a roof. <laughs> absolutely hey it ain't the first time this thing's been crashed nah. and if this guy keeps running it it may not be the last and but it didn't do it because of a clerical error yeah but how many times have we had this conversation about these cars that sit and they go nowhere they're garage queens yeah. people shuffle yeah. them on trailers to to shows and crap like that they're meant to be driven take them out and drive them Heck yeah. and the, this thing was doing what it was meant to do and he did it by spending almost two million dollars on the sucker big sack on that dude that's awesome uh, you know as i've discovered with that kawasaki is that uh, it may have had super low miles on it but that's because it wasn't driven yeah and not driving it effed it yeah cars so, cars that don't get does, driven it, uh, don't yeah. do well yeah, yeah i think they're they're hurt way more by letting them sit than driving them so. i absolutely agree so from the drive, dozens of low-mile 2.7-liter Ford Bronco engines have already failed. <laughs> dozens of new Ford Bronco owners are reporting critical problems with their truck's 2.7-liter EcoBoost V6 engines. They're failing with low miles under 10,000 miles and are being sent to dealers where repairs can take months. Those are Broncos that aren't going to get driven. Dude, that's... <laughs> Good thing it's not a classic. Low yet. mileage and low <laughs> low like. Uh, Ford spokesperson explained, we're aware of a select number of engines with this concern, and we're investigating. If any customers are experiencing issues, they will be covered under the vehicle's five-year, 60,000-mile powertrain warranty. Now, when that five years runs out, you're hosed. <laughs> I really bet they sounded just like You may hit it. Too. Uh, in October 2021, a Bronco 6G accounted, uh, account posted that the failures were attributed to a bad batch of valves that wow. Ford received from one of its suppliers. <laughs> yeah. The account claimed to work at the Lima engine plant where the 2.7 liter is produced and noted that the uh, the bad valves were mostly contained in an April batch. Well, at least they got that. Yeah, you know. 
It was it was a it was just a bad April. Yeah, hard to say how many Broncos might be affected. Threat on Broncos six G is that uh, tracking the build date of the failed engines, which ranged from May twenty twenty one until October twenty twenty one. Yeah, Ford mm-hmm. sold more than more than twenty thousand Broncos in the U.S. and Canada during that time. So, some it, affected owners reporting they're being compensated with a longer powertrain warranty. Warranty. Well, that's good. Others are praising Ford for how they're handling the issue by working closely with affected customers. Despite the lengthy repair, I wonder if they were delivered on April first. Oh, oh man, that's so that's rude! Harsh. And that's well done. Mean. I wish I'd have thought of that. Now I'm just I'm pissed that I didn't come up with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Good job. Oh, good job. Thanks. Well, don't, was, don't delete that. That was qu- <laughs> that was quality. <laughs> Cutting room floor, baby. Wow, man, that's what edits for. Wow, that was that was really harsh. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. You're usually the nice guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Our special guests this week are Matt Croker and Wyatt Michelli of the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program and the organizers of the upcoming McPherson College Car Show. Wyatt and Matt will be here to tell us about their preparations and all the things they're doing and the cool stuff that'll be there and food trucks and all kinds of cool crap. They're also having three really, really neat cars from the GM Heritage Center. And See, that's just pretty cool. I, I, I may or may not have tried to arrange a time to get Mr. Pet in to take pictures of those. All this and much more is coming up next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful, scenic, bucolic Overland Park, Kansas. This coming weekend is my favorite weekend of the whole year, every year. It's the McPherson College Auto Restoration Show. Uh, it's You can't believe how good this show is, especially for a little tiny town in the middle of Kansas, but it's all because of the college and their auto restoration program. And our special guests this week are Matt Croker and Wyatt Maselli. Is it Maselli or Michelli? Michelli, thanks for having us. Uh, of, of the restoration program, and they're also the organizers of this year's show. Wyatt, Matt, welcome to Driven Radio. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Uh, you're both part of the restoration program what area of expertise do you each have, and what are your favorite cars? Um, I don't know. In terms of area of expertise, I try and spread myself pretty thin. Uh, jack of all trades and master of none. But, um, I don't know. Does that answer the question? So your expertise is keg stands. Got it. <laughs> and now for the other fella. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing for us is we're able to dabble in everything. And so, you know, a lot of us, we can do sheet metal, we can do woodworking, we can do electrical, we can do engines, whatever you need, we got you covered. Yep. Have either of you done internships while you've been in the program? Yeah, I've actually done two, going on three now. Okay. So my and- freshman year, I worked on this car during COVID and everything, everything fell apart. And then last, I went out to California and worked at a... Uh, where did I work at? A private collection out in Paso Robles, California. And then this coming summer, I'll be interning at Paul Russell and Company. Oh, Paul Russell. Nice. Big name. Uh, how about you, sir? Where have you been? So I've actually been working with, with the college for the past uh, three summers. Um, 
And so, you know, I've been hands-on with this Mercedes. I'm probably one of the people who uh, knows it knows it best. I've got over 2,000 hours in the car and uh, have been able to do, I did the uh, short block uh, rebuild, um, part of the rear end transmission, participate in the paint work, all the suspension, um, lead work, you know, all the way through body work, as I said, paint. So I've really been uh, one with this car for the past three years. And so for the uninitiated, please explain the 300 and the significance of it and what's gone into that. Yeah, Croker, why don't you go ahead and handle this one? So this has been our capstone project here at the college. Um, we're trying to prove that not only can we produce good students that are leaders within the industry, but that the school itself can be the pinnacle of automotive restoration for, for people who are interested in learning about that and turning that into a career. So this car is supposed to be our, our representation of everything that we can do. And hopefully we'll, we will be competitive on an international level at, at uh, Pebble Beach, not this summer, but the summer of 2023. Yeah, and look, and to, to non-restorers, I mean, you think about putting a car together, you say, okay, you know, what website do I go to? What catalog do I go to? What you know, YouTube what, what do I friends watch? or family can I call to give me some advice, you know, on, on how to put Bondo on this thing? Uh, and for us, it's a, the complete opposite. We're translating German, like 50s German manuals into English. We're working with people like Paul Rustling Company, Mercedes Classic Center, the people that do this for a living and do it the best. And so uh, this car is supposed to, you know, as Matt said, represent what we can do with the college, but it's not, it's not a, a catalog car. You know, this is something where you have to get, get dirty. You've got to make panels, make things that, you know, make hardware that doesn't exist. And so, and so that's where the fun lies for us. And what is the ultimate goal for the car? Uh, to compete to win at Pebble Beach in 2023. So basically a year from this August. All righty. And... I know you've, you've been working with Paul Russell and company on the car, and they also helped find the car. Is, is it a realistic goal to have that car on the podium? Here's the thing. For, I mean, you want to talk about it? At this point, I think, I think it's a totally realistic goal to at least have it done by that deadline. And really what it comes down to is the day of. We won't know what cars are showing up until we also show up on the field. And that, that's our Achilles heel with a car like this. The car is what it is. We can't make this a one of two, you know, Aston Martin. We can't make this, you know, the cars that this is going to be competing with are going to be post-war, um, open post-war. So there's going to be some pretty incredible cars in that class. So it doesn't matter how good we do the car. This could be the best 300S on the planet, but it cannot compete sometimes at the provenance, provenance level that these other cars have. Yeah. So that's been our biggest challenge so far. Is well, we recommend Kruggers, don't we? <laughs> is it yeah. that, isn't that the consensus, or is that just me? I, I have a feeling we're on you're, the same you're page. You're going to have those BF Goodrich waiting for them, you damn right. Kruggers, uh, they, Lake they make the world go round. Uh, Lake pipes. Ignore Mark. Damn it. <laughs> do, do either of you have jobs waiting for you after graduation? <laughs> um, wow. At this point, I'm only... We're, we're, you guys froze up for a second, so we're going to have to... Uh, Welcome to the hell of my life when I graduated, yeah, Mark, too. Uh, Rock and roll. Uh, next, next jobs? What are jobs? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's try it again. Do either of you have jobs waiting for you after graduation? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be graduating at the end of May. 
and I'm actually going into real estate, but at the same time, I'm doing, I have my own business that I've been doing for the past the, uh, three years now, yeah, where I've been doing automotive consulting uh, for people who want to restore their cars. So I help them find shops. I help them find, you know, all the resources they need to get a restoration done. And, you know, I might work on a couple things here and there, but it's mostly from a management perspective. Nice. I like so, that. I'm, I'm yeah. only a junior this year, so. I still oh. have one more year. I, I thought graduate. I thought you were closer to the finish line. I wish we're getting there though. <laughs> so you'll be the one driving that car behind you up onto the podium when you guys win at Pebble mm -hmm. Beach. Nice. Uh, I don't know about that one. I think that's safe for some of the administration. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> uh, management. We'll be in the back seat waving our arms around. Yeah, yeah we'll, there you go. <laughs> we'll be in the trunk. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Explain. Hey, that's where we leave the <laughs> Explain what makes the McPherson College Cars show different from any other show in this part of the country, and it makes one of the best shows all year. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's hard to find a Concours level event in the Midwest. And so for us, we pride ourselves on bringing some of the best vehicles um, from across across the country, you know, to the middle, we call it the middle of everything, but really you know, the middle of the middle of the country. And so uh, this year we're going to have a 540K Mercedes. We're going to have uh, three concept cars from GM, mm -hmm. uh, the Pontiac Pegasus, the Buick Y-Job, uh, the Mako Shark uh, prototype. So, I mean, these are cars you'll never see in your lifetime again. and um, Especially not in the same place. Especially, yeah. And so, you know, these are truly unique vehicles and for us, us, we really pride ourselves in, in being able to, um, you know, bring them out and show them to the public, show them to our students. And, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been totally fun for us. And, you know, I think that's, that's definitely part of what makes it, the, you know, for us, the best show in the Midwest. And I think what makes it unique from an industry standpoint is the, the people that bring these outstanding cars, such as GM, all these private owners, uh, shops such as Paul Russell and company, they don't really get anything out of it. They're not getting very many new customers or anything like that. This is an opportunity for them to show their support for the school and what we do and our students and graduates. And it's arguably more important than homecoming or graduation for our program because it's such a huge networking event. It could be argued that the people who are displaying there, you think they're not getting new customers out of this, but it, it may be that they are attracting new talent, which is something that is always going to be uh, necessary for them or something they're always going to need. So whereas it may not seem like they're getting new customers, got a lot of people who are looking at the, uh, at the work that's been done, but are also looking at the future talent of these companies. So maybe, that's, maybe not. Well, that's, that's also the, you know, a great thing about our show is we have a student specific section bring their projects out, show them off. And I'd be lying if I didn't say these uh, employers are walking around, you know, scoping out what people yeah. are working on, seeing what kind of progress they are. And this is where a lot of connections are made for our students. And so you're 100% right on that. Aside from the, uh, the special displays that are coming from GM Heritage Center, and I've already been talking to somebody at GM Heritage Center about what's coming, and also uh, the... 
the big features. What other entries, what special displays will you have on campus this year? What other entries are, uh, raise your eyebrows or draw your interest? So we have two vehicles coming from a, a company called Gateway Bronco that specializes in... Seth Burgett's really- a friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. So they will be bringing out two vehicles. Will um, Seth be there? I don't know. We're still trying to figure that part out, but the cars will be there, and some of his uh, managers, I believe, yeah. will be there. If he's available, he'll be there, but we're not holding it to him if he isn't. Well, if he I told him to show up. That's what I'm. That's where I'm at. I told him to show up. If he's listening, Seth, we want to see you out there. We'd love to see you. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> How many entries do you have this year? Um, we're pushing over 350. Yeah. You're going to have to take one out. Nice. My Stingray's got a dead cylinder in it. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you, you do to it? Not my fault, man. Not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one, too. Yeah, I told my dad 35? that many times. <laughs> that's, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, you've got the Broncos coming. Uh, it, it turns yeah. out. Cord 812. Cord. Uh, oh, cool. We got... Oh. Um, Aston Martin DB2 prototype. Yep, Ooh. Aston Martin DB2 prototype. We got oh, our local fire department just restored a like early 1920s, yeah, 1920s fire truck, and so they'll be bringing that down. We actually have three fire trucks entered in this car show, which is the most fire trucks we've had. Um, I think you know after one of our students got one in the fire in the fire department locally got theirs. Everybody's now into fire trucks. So yes. it's a hot topic. <laughs> So, and, uh, go right ahead. I'm sure we're forgetting a few of the the feature cars, but I think we have. It's always eight. it's always worthwhile to come out. So, absolutely, we're yeah. gonna have some I mean, and, and I'm for I'm us, assured that things will be cool. Entire, oh yeah. I mean, this is an entirely student-run event. And I wish I could say I knew every single car that was showing up. The reality is oh, we have a registration team that is absolutely getting after it right now. They're staying busy. They're making cards and they're, you know, getting the show lined up. And so for us, we have to coordinate, keep, you know, all these things moving forward, whether it's signs, advertising, food trucks. I mean, you can imagine what goes into a car show. And reality is we maybe haven't slept a lot in the past couple of weeks, but... <laughs> Well, it's, um, it's going to be great and all worth it. We're on coming Saturday. to that with 350 entries. You couldn't possibly memorize everything, and nor would I expect you to. So you say you haven't gotten a lot of sleep in the last month. Explain what all you've done to get ready for the show, because this is a big show. And uh, what is what is it we can expect to see uh, in your preparations? We're going to have various various jazz bands from the local groups that are going to be playing, and um, I think there's a a steel drum, steel drum band that will also be playing. In addition to all the car activities that we're going to be having going, we'll have the Model T um, yeah. event, and I don't know. We'll have food trucks. The library has been renovated, so they want to show that off at this car show. And yeah, I don't know. You'll just have to come here and find out. All right. And what what are each of you bringing to the show? I don't have anything this year, actually. I've been I've been coordinating everybody else's. I'm bringing the 300 behind me. There, there um, part, part of it. <laughs> we're driving that out onto the field. We we just got into a, a driving driving condition, so oh, um, definitely will be we're getting it out there. 
Um, it does everything it's supposed to do, but we decided we're going to display it with the front clip off. Everybody can see, you know, all the beautiful work under the hood. Nice. And um, if I wish we were on video, I'd show you guys the, uh, you know, the way the paint looks right now. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. All right. For each of you, and then final question. We, oh, sorry, Matthew, go right ahead. Okay. I was just going to say that I'm bringing my dad's uh, all original 1977 Corvette. So, done. I've owned one of those. You realize, Matthew, you were made in that car, right? (laughs) That's kind of an alpha and omega kind of thing going on there, and I I think you you should drive it with pride. Let me tell you how difficult that is to do. (laughs) And when you inherit that, it's going to be a wonderful and uncomfortable experience. I promise you that is difficult to do, and you both got to be in the passenger seat because it doesn't work on the driver's side. You get your feet tangled and pedals. And Automatic? Even, Not really. Even with the tilt telescopic wheel, it's in the way. Yeah, you know, hey. That's why, why God invented T-tops. <laughs> I, I know well how that works. <laughs> Quite well. All right. Best question of the show. It's the one we ask everybody at the end of the interview. For each of you, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Allegedly. No, just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, dude. Yes. Has statute of limitations run out on this? Do you need to consult an attorney first? I don't know. No, because my parents already know. But there you go. When I was 13, my dad decided to teach me how to drive on that Corvette. And nice. when everybody was out of the house one day, I decided that oh, I'll just take it for a cruise around the neighborhood by myself. Little did I know my sister would be coming home for lunch that day. And caught me pulling right back into the driveway. Oh, so, hey! It sounds like he sounds like he got it home without doing any damage or rounding off any corners. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too, too if it hadn't so, been for my meddling sister. You must be the older sister. Just throw a wrench. In, you know what I mean? Now, come on, Matt. You burned him off at least once. Come on, you can say it now. It's okay. Daddy's BF good riches. <laughs> come on, they were a little smoother when you got back. <laughs> He's not denying it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> silence is consent, Matthew. <laughs> that's a zip lip, man. That's somebody who knows how to act in court. Well I ain't saying jack. <laughs> I lied to my sister. I lied to dad. I ain't saying nothing. Fifth Amendment, baby. Yeah. Fifth Amendment. <laughs> Torque test. How about you, Wyatt? Dumbest thing you've done in a car? Got to be something good. Something good. Something good. Well, let's see. When I was so when I was. 10 years old, I bought my first car, a 1964 International Scout. Uh, little <laughs> unknown to me, the previous owner had jumped it uh, over a dirt pile in his backyard and snapped both of the front leaf springs. Oh. And so uh, on our first maiden voyage, we drove it around. And of course, you know, being young and ignorant, I didn't check any of the fluids. I didn't check, you know, anything. I just threw a you uh, were five-pound bucket in the front seat and went for it uh, with my dad in the passenger seat. And we... Uh, got most of the way around the block before we realized there was no steering. It was overheating. The rear diff had no fluid in it, so that was you know oh, going no. smoking. It was it was an absolute mess. Um, and what from was it for? oh, <laughs> and you know so after so anyway that was the the less intelligent move. But after that we were able to pull the engine out, rebuild it. Everything from there uh, got entirely entirely redone and I've, I've been driving it uh for the past shoot decade here so 
Nice, nice. So you're saying at 10 years old, or maybe 10 and a half by then, as you'd grown older and wiser with your vehicle, <laughs> that you and your dad pulled the engine and worked on it? Yeah, yeah. God, at 10, I was still picking my nose and trying to figure out what was going on in there. And here you are. Pull- That's amazing. God bless well, your dad. Fair, I think we were all doing those same things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you were using a wrench. Well played. <laughs> Wow, that is all right. That's amazing. That's why we have two hands, a wrench and one. And, then... and Yeah, no, don't. And you are absolutely right about that. Yeah, congrats to That's Dad. That's a whole new tactic, doesn't I? <laughs> uh, well done on Pops. Greasy picker. <laughs> we have been speaking with Matt Croker and Wyatt Michelli. Michelli. Michelli of the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program and organizers of this year's McPherson Cars Show. You can find all the social media links for Wyatt, Matt, and McPherson College on readthedriven.com. Gentlemen, thank you for being with us. Right, It's been fun. It's been super fun. Thanks for having us. Can you believe that they take kids that age and let them organize this whole thing and it comes off without a hitch it comes off beautifully you know they they handle themselves so much better than i ever would have as a college they student. handle just... themselves better than i do now <laughs> well, i mean okay they're, they're putting show, what is it? there's like 350 that's how many cars they have they yeah. registered right now yeah Dude, i've seen like 50 car car shows no, this, that weren't put on this this well. is a huge show yeah. and yeah. you ought to throw that's your stuff in that van and drive down there you cannot believe how good this show is. It's if I didn't fantastic. already have plans this weekend, I'd be gone. Because, well, uh, you got to go sign I, I'm books. I'm actually going back down yeah, to Yeah, i got to go sign books. But yeah, big I, nerd. It's hard because there's that, but then there's also all that food and the grilling that I've heard about mm. down there. And I'm like, oh, mm. oh I might you, take a meat vacation weekend. But Oh, if you leave <sighs> if you leave Luke's without the meat sweats, <laughs> you, didn't you really, haven't done the weekend. You, you weren't there. You didn't really show up, yeah. man. McPherson, what? Uh-huh. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We're aiming to have the meat sweats. <laughs> we love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen, everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And the ever-thinning Mark Groves. Yo! Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.